Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mic. As a matter of fact, it would be the first Live Mic of the Pittsburgh Steelers 2021 offseason. Yeah, that is right. The Steelers completely choked their way out of the playoffs. It's over. What started as one of the most promising seasons and starts to a season in Steelers history, the longest winning streak to start a season, ends with five losses in six straight games. That was one of the tougher affairs to have sat through. One of the most embarrassing stretches in the history of the NFL, if we're being honest with ourselves here. No team has ever started a season with a record of that height just to completely collapse the way they did. It's It really is historic. And one of the things that is sad for the amount of people that said all year long, this is the worst 11-0 team uh, ever, uh, one and done in the playoffs. You've heard the lines. You know what people were saying. And unfortunately, it looks like those things were true. It's one of the things with this year's Pittsburgh Steelers team where myself stepping back and looking at it, I'm trying to figure out what exactly went wrong. And that's kind of the theme of today's podcast, kind of a, a look back at the season that was. And how did the Steelers end up losing five games since the start of December? I think one of the things that can definitely be uh, looked at and diagnosed on multiple levels is going to be uh, the Steelers just getting a little too comfortable and getting kind of cocky. 
you look at players like Eric Ebron and Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, even Stefan Tuitt. At times this year, they put their foot in their mouth saying some flat-out dumb things, and I'm definitely someone who resides in the camp that I, I don't care what a player says. That, that doesn't affect the outcome of games, especially in professional sports. If you're not playing 100% flying ready to go, then you shouldn't be a professional athlete, and you wouldn't be in the posi- position that you are in. Nonetheless, I think it does scream one thing, though, and, and that's complicity. It, it screams that guys are just just think that their you-know-what don't stink. And uh, honestly, I, I think winning those first 11 games was, uh, turns out to be one of the worst things that happened to this team. All of a sudden, they hit the wall. They faced a little bit of adversity, and they completely folded their tents and went home. Aside from a, a half a football against the Indianapolis Colts, the best of the Steelers team looks looked throughout an entire game this year was when they're playing a bunch of backups in Week 17. It's almost like, oh, now we got to try because we have Mason Rudolph at quarterback, so it's different. I mean, you can point all the, all, all the fingers at Ben Roethlisberger as you like, but the guy still had the second 500-yard passing game in NFL playoff history. He still threw four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, he threw some dumb interceptions, but bottom line is they should never have been in that position to begin with. This team got complicit, and really it is embarrassing. And, and I think Steeler fans have come to grips with that, and I think this team as a whole – should understand that this year was embarrassing. And if they don't, they're just going to continue to to live in that in that history. And I'm scared that they could repeat it again next year. But these guys need to take lessons from this season, apply them in the off season, and not forget it next year. This team is going to have to move on from some guys. Talent wise, there's no way it's going to be as good as it was this year. It just isn't possible, especially with the salary cap staying flat at best. The only way this team's going to win is if they really learn from what they didn't do this year. The Steelers are still going to have tons of talented players, and they're going to get some guys coming back from the injured reserve. Of course, we're not going to know that final day one roster until much, much, much later in the year, all the way till next August, I guess, which is... A little sad to think about, but bottom line is, you know, the three pillars on defense are still going to be there. T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and a returning Devin Bush. Those are probably the the top three guys that you'd want to have in those positions. The, the Steelers are, are locked down defensively for a decade because they have those three guys. The guys you surround them with don't have to be up to that level because they draw so much attention themselves, the Steelers are going to be fine defensively for time to come. Offensively, that's when the real issues really start to unfold. There's going to be some mass change. And one of the things I hope this team goes out and does is find some veteran leaders. I I know a lot of people would be like, oh, there's already too much money tied up in old guys. Well, if reports are to be believed, it it seems like Marquis Pouncey might be done. Alejandro Villanueva has been rumored to be on his way out this year since the beginning of training camp. Who knows with Ben Roethlisberger. All of a sudden, this team's going to be left to a lot of young guys that, quite frankly, only care about TikTok and their personal image. Believe it or not, that, that like that's what this team is. 
that, that's what kids today, and I say that as someone who's 24 years old, that, that's what people mostly care about is building their image. And unfortunately, in the NFL today, you can't devote 100% of yourself to the game if that's what you focus on. That's why guys like TJ Watt are so good. That's why David DeCastro made so many All-Pros. It's because those guys, they spent their entire career focusing on football. Football was the number one. Now, a lot of these younger guys see some earning potential in TikTok and how they can kind of become a, a worldwide celebrity through that rather than just playing football. All of a sudden, they're devoting way too much time and effort into just making stupid internet videos, if we're being blunt. That, that's what it comes down to. The Steelers need more guys that are lunch pail guys, just guys that go out, they get up in the morning, they get up on time, they show up to work, they bust their behinds for an hour, oh, for an hour, for, for a good day's work, <laughs> excuse me, they, bu- they bust their butts all day, they go home, they do it again the next day, and it doesn't end until the goal's complete, until the job is done. They need more of those Pittsburgh Steeler types. Juju Smith-Schuster is an L.A. type guy. That's what it comes down to. It's that kind of laid-back mentality. That's not That's not what it can be in the NFL. Sure, the guy's still a 1,000-yard receiver. He's still talented. But when you're playing in a division like this specifically and for a team like this, you, you don't put your foot in your mouth when you play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not, that's not what this team's about. Yet that's exactly what this team has become since... Since that Antonio Brown era and everything kind of just fell apart right around, goodness, I guess when they went in that AFC Championship against the New England Patriots, I want to say that was 2016. Yeah, that's kind of when, when things just kind of hit rock bottom before the Steelers just kind of got th- their off-field stuff was just really stupid at-home decisions. Now they're they're bringing it with them into the season. They're, they're not getting in trouble with the law which is really bad, don't get me wrong. But they're just making dumb decisions in the interview room, when they're at home. Their personal time is, is, is what everything's kind of falling apart on. So it really is kind of a shame to like point a finger and say, oh, these guys spend too much time on the internet. Probably sound like someone much older than I really am by saying it, but that, that's kind of what it comes down to in professional sports. I don't want to be the, the guy that, that, that points at a professional athlete and says, focus on football. Guys don't even have to do that. Like, But if they're going to play at this level, you have to devote yourself to this game. That's got to be the number one. You look at guys that played professional football in years past – it's sad to say, like, their family didn't come number one. Number one had to be football. And if it wasn't, those guys seemed to be out of the league fairly quickly. Now the Steelers find themselves at a crossroad. Their biggest TikTok star and locker room influencer when it comes to young minds like Chase Claypool, that guy being Juju Smith-Schuster, is probably on his way out. Even if the Steelers want to bring him back. Sport Track is... Uh, one of the online cap assessment tools, and they believe Juju Smith-Schuster's uh, value on uh, the open free agency market is around $18 million a year. The Steelers cannot afford that. So all of a sudden, there's all these young, impressionable minds on this team. The Steelers are going to have to start bringing in some very young guys at uh, positions of uh, extreme importance. 
as in quarterback, as in refueling their offensive line. The guys that they bring in can't just be guys that all they're focused about before the game is dancing on a logo, saying the other team sucks, and then recording a video as soon as the game's over. Like That just can't be the way it is. The Steelers have already had enough of that, and if that continues, the Steelers aren't going to win a playoff game anytime soon, and 2016 is going to look like a, a pipe dream. So where where else did this season go wrong, aside from all, all the off-the-field stuff? Well, like you, you obviously have to point the finger at, at some of these major injury issues. This team really fell apart, in my opinion, when Bud Dupree tore his ACL. The locker room was completely deflated in that those post-game interviews. The entire week after that, the Steelers looked deflated. Everyone was down. And what happened? Steelers lost four consecutive games after that injury. It, it was like one of the bigger forces in the locker room just kind of disappeared. And all of a sudden, everyone thought all hope was lost. Even when Devin Bush tore his ACL, and he's a huge, huge part of, of this team's future, it, it wasn't that bad. The second Bud Dupree got hurt, it's like everyone knew that this team was no longer what they thought they were going to be. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, when it comes to free agency again, they have a big question mark whether or not they, they roll again with Bud Dupree or let Avery, or Alex Highsmith... The rookie going into his sophomore year. He looked really good at times, but what did the Steelers do at that position? His team completely deflated as soon as Bud Dupree tore his ACL. That is one of the biggest questions the Steelers are going to have to figure out moving into this offseason. So with that being said, I think we're going to jump into our first and only commercial break of the podcast. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the live mic assessing the season that was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hold on. We'll be right back. Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the second part of our podcast. And this half, I kind of wanted to point to a, a few more positive things from this season. Why? It's because there's tons of tons of pointing at the negatives. Basically, every 
every podcast you're going to get on this platform, half the articles, everything's going to point towards what went wrong. But moving into this offseason, the Steelers have also got to address what went right and how they can do more of those things, how they can build on those things, and how can they feature some of those things more as time moves on. Offensively, things that worked really well for this team kind of all faded to oblivion as the year went on. But when you really look at the early part of the season, the Steelers were able to run the ball. The Steelers had a short to intermediate passing game. And then all of a sudden, teams kind of figured out what they're doing. They're just pushing the Steelers back at the line of scrimmage. They, they became too much of a finesse team for for their own good. So the Steelers, what they really need to focus on this offseason is marrying that finesse style with good old Pittsburgh Steelers hard-nosed football. And that might be easier said than done, and a lot of that's going to start with the offensive line. But guys like Chase Claypool, a 6'4", 230-pound receiver, shouldn't be the guy that's getting blasted at the line of scrimmage. But this team has some real speed on the outsides. And they they got some decent size, too. Whether or not Juju Smith-Schuster returns, they still have James Washington waiting in the wing. There's some high draft picks that have been used on this team. they got to kind of be the focal point of the offense, and, and they got to find ways to get open and catch the ball and make plays. One of the biggest positives this year is Ben Roethlisberger will not be rehabbing a serious elbow surgery all year long. If he's coming back, he's going to have way more time to work with guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, who, to be fair, he only really has really had one training camp with Deontay and, and nothing of the sense with Chase Claypool, this wasn't a regular training camp. Guys weren't as prepared for this season, like, and and you have to realize that they they couldn't even have contact. <laughs> it wasn't the same by any stretch of the imagination. So now moving into this offseason, those guys got to work together a ton. Eventually, that chemistry will come. It, it will be better with some of these guys, but that's something that they got to kind of work on together. Another thing I think the Steelers need to uh, really kind of uh, highlight more, I I suppose, is the right way to go about it, is uh, one Mr. Kevin Dotson. In the stretch run of the season, I think a lot of people would point to him and say he was the best offensive lineman on the team. Then he lost his starting job to a returning Matt Filer from injury, and the offensive line looked way worse once again. Kevin Dotson is a starting guard in this team. I know he has some of his faults, but he just worked better in that offensive line. There's no excuse for him not to be playing. That is a positive. The Steelers are going to have to do a pretty big overhaul of their offensive line. They're probably going to be forced on drafting a center and a tackle. At the very least, two, At the very least, they'll have to draft at least two offensive linemen and probably two within their first three picks because there's guys that are going to have to step up and play right away. Thankfully... They, they do have some cheap free agents, like Zach Banner, who, once again, is coming off a torn ACL. Chooks Okorafor, he played fine. He, he wasn't great or even good, by all means. He, he was fine. 
But when you have to revamp an entire offensive line, you don't want four rookies and Kevin Dotson starting next year. That that's just seems a, a little unrealistic and probably a recipe to get whoever's at quarterback killed. So the Steelers just need to focus on bringing those cheap guys back, figuring out the salary cap, and the only way they're going to keep guys or retain anyone is if they, they're on a very sweet deal. Defensively, the Steelers still have one of the best pass rushes there is in football. The fact they didn't get a sack or turnover against the Browns was more testament to how quickly they fell behind, and it just kind of allowed the Browns to play the game so much more passive than they really even expected they ever would have to play that style of game. It was just easy football for the Cleveland Browns, and they didn't... They, they didn't have to take any risks whatsoever. That's why the, the pass rush didn't get home in the wild card round. But the Steelers team is still, they've led the, the NFL in sacks. I, I think they led or were tied for the lead in four straight years. The, the 73 straight regular season games with the sack. Like, it really is insane. This team can pass rush like no other. One of the things that they struggle with for some reason is putting those linebackers on receivers when when there's only one receiver on the field and you have four defensive backs. This has happened multiple years in a row, and the Steelers have directly lost games because of it. So the Steelers, they need to work on their game planning. They have the talent. They just aren't in the right position to succeed, and there's no two ways about it. And that's something I, I hope... Uh, Mike Tomlin kind of gets grilled on a little bit in his uh, exit interview with the with the media. I, I really do hope someone says, hey, why do you keep putting your inside linebackers on the only receiver on the field when you're a nickel? Like, can you explain that? And uh, honestly, it, it's one of the, those philosophies that makes no sense. Everyone around the NFL, they only ever notice it when it's in like a primetime game when that, that's the only game anyone's ever watching, especially a playoff game. But so many people online were like, why do the Steelers keep doing this? They did a Sunday night football against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers a, a couple years back. I want to say 20, 2018 or 20. Yeah, 2018. Keenan Allen was lined up against John Bostic almost the whole game. and He just ate them alive or Vince Williams. It, it, it's just ridiculous how stupid mistakes like that. Stupid game planning mistakes, not putting your players in a position to succeed, how that can happen at this level and happen with such such frequency. Moving along to like kind of kind of that defensive secondary, there's still a lot of positive things. But Terrell Edmonds, he certainly regressed as the year went on. The positive thing, I guess, with him is how good he he kind of started those first eleven games. That's the Terrell Edmonds you need moving forward. You need to bring that back. Whatever it was that allowed him to be way more successful and actually tackle guys to the ground, not miss tackles. That's what this team's kind of got to kind of point to and say, that's that's the Terrell Edmonds we need. Mika Fitzpatrick, he also struggled to tackling a lot this year. And for a safety, like you just... That's the name, the name of the game for safety. You're the last line of fence. you got to get those guys down. That's something they need to work on. But when you kind of move out and look at the corners, that's one of the biggest questions of the offseason. Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, 
you could save a lot of money from cutting either player. Sure, there's a lot of dead dead cap that comes with it, but there's a huge issue with cutting either player. The Steelers suck at drafting corners. Uh, they are the New England Patriots of drafting receivers as the Steelers are to drafting corners. The Steelers cannot draft a corner. Justin Lane, he he's looked putrid, especially this year when he's actually gotten some playing time. He, he doesn't look like an NFL corner. You remember Artie Burns, Senquez Golson. Of course, he had injury issues. Like, like you just continue back in history. And I'm not sure Kevin Colbert's ever drafted a corner. And you're like, wow, that guy's outstanding. I'm not even sure if Ike Taylor was a Kevin Colbert guy. Now that I think about it, I think he was, but still. Uh, how many hits has he had compared to flops? I, I can't remember the last time. And honestly, I think the last time he might actually hit on a corner was probably Ike Taylor. I don't know what's happened, whether or not they've just drafted out at the position out of desperation or what, but the Steelers, they, they might be better off just taking that huge hit financially and, and finding the money in other places than moving on from either of their starting corners that they just cannot afford to be looking for a corner in the draft ever again under this regime, I should say. The Steelers, when it comes to drafting a corner, I, I think they should handle it like how the Patriots should handle finding receivers through free agency and trades. Go get established guys that you know are good, period, point blank, end of story. That's what they have to do. Uh, looking at the rest of this team, I, I think one of the positive things that uh, you should find is that one Mr. Randy Feekner, his contract's expiring this year. The Steelers don't technically have to fire him. They don't have to do anything. But he sh- he will not be the offense coordinator again next year. And if he is, there's going to be some pitchforks at Heinz Field. There- there's no way that is going to happen. The Pittsburgh Steelers offense will look a little less vanilla next year. I really want this team to kind of look at its coaches in-, in some some different situations than they have in the past. Look for guys that are younger. The amount of times the Steelers have kind of chased old, old guys. Like, look at their coordinators right now. Butler, I, I don't think he is in his 60s yet, but he, he's definitely in his late 50s. Randy Feekner's in his 60s. Like, these are, like, old guys in in football terms, I suppose, especially when the, the average age of, like, coaches now are dropping. Like, most of these guys are in their 30s now, especially coordinators. Coordinators are typically right around the the age of like Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger, and like there's a, so many cases across the league where there's guys in their late twenties, early thirties taking over this job, just inve- injecting new life into this game. It, it's just it's one of the things where football has evolved so much over the last twenty years, ten years, five years that you can, you kind of need a mind that's kind of played more recently. And the Steelers are going to have an opportunity to do that, at least on the offensive side. Whether or not that's Matt Canada inside or they look at some other source, the Steelers should be able to change that up. Just looking back at the entire Steelers season as a whole, I I will probably often think back to 2020 of the year of what could have been. 
we went from talking about a perfect season and pushing the Miami Dolphins to a first-round exit and completely blowing the season away. This year was an embarrassing year, period. I've said it before in this, this podcast, and I'll probably end up saying it again, but 2020 was a crappy year, and it ended up being a rough year for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. A year that started with so much promise, getting its quarterback back, featuring one of the best defenses in the football in the in the football world. They had offensive talent, young offensive talent, an experienced offensive line. What happened? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers managed to win the AFC North, but that was kind of on the on the backs of what they were able to do to start the season. The Steelers just fell apart. Someone needs to address for this, someone needs to pay for this. The Steelers are going to be a completely different team. So maybe that's something we can find a positive in because the last 10 years, the Steelers have won, what, three playoff games in 10 years? The Pittsburgh Steelers, they featured the Killer Bees. Really, think about that team, just starting there. That team had the best receiver in the game, the best running back in the game, and the top three quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger during the height of their era. All, All the playoff wins came from those three guys. You look at the last couple of years, the Steelers have had the best defense in football. Sure, sure, there's been some injury bugs across across those seasons, but you can't point to any team and say they didn't lose guys to injury. It happens in this sport. In the beginning of the decade, they still had Troy Polamalu and James Harrison. Ben Roethlisberger was 10 years younger, and they couldn't do anything. They haven't done anything in a decade. So maybe we can take a little bit from the season seasons ahead of us. The Steelers are going to roll out a whole new regime soon. It, I don't think it happens next year. I think next year is kind of that regress, regressive step before the Steelers go through some mass change. I think in 2022, you probably see a new quarterback. You probably even see a new coach. Things are going to change in Pittsburgh, and hopefully for the better. Hopefully they do not get into a cycle of mediocrity or a cycle of sucking. If they nail the next coach, if they nail the next quarterback, if they get those two guys locked down, with the guys that you know are going to be back on defense, this team could be a Super Bowl contender in just a couple years once again. Maybe they, they can pull a rabbit out of a hat and get one more run out of Ben, but this kind of felt like the last year that we could have got that. So, with all the doom and gloom kind of out of the way now, we can focus on some bigger and brighter things as we move on to this offseason, kind of start looking towards the draft and free agency and how the Steelers are going to shape their team, which is always fun to do. So, thank you for tuning in to Live Mike. I will be back here once again next week bringing it to you. So, thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We will catch you next week. Make sure to click over to the website. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.